0: The Sports Career Podcast, episode 261. How can mindset training support young football players on and off the pitch? Hello, Sports Achiever, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports Career Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who's an expert in a particular sector in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career with regards to grassroots football, working with young football players, particularly with regards to mindset training. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your sports career development, interests and needs Now, getting back to today's episode, this week's special guest is Andrew Greenwood. Andrew is the founder and CEO of AEG Sports, which specializes in sport consultancy, which helps clients such as elite athletes and youth athletes with regards to their ability to perform at their best, particularly with regards to their mindset on and off the sports field. For that reason, it's a pleasure to have Andrew as a special guest on the show, and that's when today's episode, Andrew will share his sports career journey and explain how mindset training support young footballers on and off the sports field. Andrew, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast show. Please share to listeners your sports career journey. When did it all start?
1: It's an amazing question because uh, it kind of started when I was probably four or five. Um, First time I went out with a kickabout with my dad, probably the same as most lads. Back in the day, in the local park, I think I tripped over, fell on uh, fell on the grass, and probably didn't even touch the ball. But it kind of started so young. But the professional side of things really kicked in when I was about sixteen. I was just going to college uh, after I finished my GCSEs, and uh, one of the coaches that was my town team coach said, "Have you ever thought of coaching?" It was an opportunity to do some voluntary work, so uh, kind of did that, um, and then got on to uh, the side of Blackburn, working with Blackburn Community. And it just kind of progressed from there, really. Uh, Blackburn at the time had just won the league, so we're going back a a few years. What, with Alan Um, Shearer? Yeah, yeah, with Shearer and Sutton, Mark Actions, Tim Sherwood, Graeme LaSalle, all those guys. um, Which was awesome, by the way, to to, uh, actually be there. I was at Anfield when we um, we, uh, won the league. So that was, yeah, that was nuts. And I've never been back. Me and my dad made a pact on that day. We were like, we've no need to go back to Anfield. So uh, we've never been back because it was such an amazing day. Um, yeah, and that kind of progressed from the community into the academy. Uh, I went to uni. Um, I did. A, I actually did my A-levels and then a HND, because I wasn't so sure what to do at the time, whether I should go to uni, and then went to university at Liverpool. John Moores did a sports science and, and football degree, which worked across so many disciplines, psychology, anatomy, biomechanics, um, you know, some amazing things that I've taken on through the, through the years, through, through my career. And that progressed, Um, ended up doing a little bit of work at Liverpool, but only for about six months at the end of my degree. And I was still working for for Blackburn. And then whilst I was at Blackburn, obviously at the academy, I managed to build some really good relationships uh, with the academy directors and the coaches that I was working with. And uh, I managed to get into a meeting with uh, one of the young lads who would sign in, you know, apprenticeship forms then or the scholars as it would be now. And I was just there at the back, just shadowing, just watching what was going on. So I had that experience at a young age of seeing the, the legal, the, the formal side of, of, of the business, which I'd never seen before. And that kind of got me thinking about what the future is going to hold and what you know, what can I do? What can I do to be different, really? So um, mid-20s, I went and um, worked for a law firm locally um, for Follis Listers and then started to do my you know legal education so I could combine the two. So you've got sports law as well as football side of things. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to uh, my early 30s, I started working for Chelsea uh, just before Mourinho, literally just before Mourinho started his second stint. And then from there, the coaching kind of fast tracked everything. I had the legal background. Uh, I was still studying. Um, I finished off doing my master's. And whilst I was at Chelsea, that kind of evolved to a point where it wasn't only coaching, but it was the, the human behavioral side of things. That's what I'd noticed. And, and not really taken notice of properly in my younger years whether that was maturity or experience or insight just working with such a great team at Chelsea again managed to get that exposure to the academy and the way they worked obviously Chelsea's academy is one of the best in the world with the the academy graduates as we see now in the first team but they've been doing it for for so long and then slowly but surely over those over those years it gathered momentum whereby everything came back to one thing and that was the mindset know people's perception of the situations and circumstances that they're in individually as a team and as a group as a club so as a bigger picture uh, and it just got me a little bit more focused and I was just instead of being instead of canvassing so many different things I wanted to really you know home in on on the uh, on the mindset and that really took hold uh, during during lockdown you know obviously you know the current climate unprecedented uh, you know ways of dealing with things and I think it's uh, it's such an important area to look at because it's all about communication it's all about um, perceiving you know the situation you're in but you know setting goals being positive it's not an issue it's not a problem it's a it's a challenge and it's difficult when you're on your own I've not I've been there myself if you don't have the right people next to you you know, standing side by side with you, it's really difficult. You know, where do you begin? What does the future hold? How many goals do we need to set? How do we even write a goal? Do I write it down? Do I, you know, create a board? So, and, and I saw it from, from a young kind of professional point of view and also a youth development point of view, but I saw it from a sports and individual and a business side of things. And it was like, I really feel passionate. And I always had done about this situation and um, I just wanted to help as many people as possible. You know, ask the right questions and and really, um, really kind of get them to open their mind, be open minded to to where their future future lies. So, yeah, lockdown took off and then it's just gathered momentum ever since. So it's been a it's been a long journey, but an, an incredible one at the same time.
0: Andrew, what a great reply. And we'll talk in a lot more detail from the mindset perspective. But I've got to go back in time a little bit. Looking back, how has coaching as like a tool supported your career development out of interest? Just for listeners listening in, I started tennis coaching when I was 14, 15. And without a doubt, the skills from that, it doesn't matter who I was coaching, have helped me to where I am. And I'm just intrigued how coaching has influenced your journey as a general topic slash skill.
1: And I think that's it. I mean Again, I think you've got to hone your own skill set. Everyone's got their own skill set, and that's where, you know, honesty and self-awareness comes in about what you can do and what perhaps doesn't go to plan and what you can work on. But, yeah, coaching, I don't know. I, I, I started, as I said, when I was 16, and I was thrust right in straight away. So um, working with, you know, mini kickers, the little minis, so four-, five-, six-year-olds. So you've got to get down to their level, so you've got to communicate to make things simpler but then at the other end of the spectrum within a very short space of time I was coaching adults so I was like 18 19 and one of the experiences I had with Blackman, we went to uh, went to germany uh, to uh, to which is a princess royal barracks and we were uh, coaching the army air corps and these guys were phenomenally fit intelligent guys and I was 19 and they were mid 20s pushing late 20s and I I'm not going to be I'm going to be honest I was like how can I how are they gonna respect me for one? My knowledge, will I be able to get it across? How's my communication? So from that standpoint, you, you have to think, you have to really prepare mentally, really nervous. But then once you take that step and you get going, it completely goes. And it's the, the biggest thing is the, is the communicational side of things is being able to express yourself, You know those leadership qualities, being able to have those social skills, uh, motivate people and then kind of inspiring that trust so from a, a coaching standpoint, at first, it's just, it is literally just chatting away to people. And I think you build confidence in that way. Um, and you can, again, it transits the coaching principles of communication, you know, public speaking, confidence, being able to express information clearly and concisely so people understand it. You're doing that naturally. Um, and therefore, when it does come to you know, a boardroom meeting, if you're a lot older in a different discipline, Those skills, you know, do come across, not easily, because, again, you have to be well-prepared and well-versed, you know, knowledge and understanding who your uh, crowd is, who you're communicating to. But I think, yeah, coaching, the the, the communicational side of things, the preparation, because if you don't know, you know, one, if you don't know what you're coaching, you're in trouble. And two, sometimes, you know, some coaches, perhaps not the best from a football standpoint, they're not the best demonstrate but they can still get across the right points because of their communicational skills. But from that standpoint, you can then, you know, one of the better kids that you're with can then help you demonstrate. So there's there's different things you can, you can work with your audience really well, but from a from a coaching standpoint, it's definitely that communicational side of things. It's, it's going off into an area you don't know and just sometimes not winging it, but using the skills that you have. To, to move forward and be confident. And I think that's the other thing is, is just be confident in your own. I think
0: adaptability is a better word. Sorry to interrupt. But I think adaptability is better to wing it because I do have a follow-up question with the example with those um, that coaching example with the bar- at the barracks, like you're out of your comfort zone because of an age. Like really that was the factor that scared you because of their age and maybe their fitness. But what how is reflecting now the power of just getting started that when you get started with the coaching session, everything follows suit, because a lot of people stop before they actually start and give it a go. Like you could have just said, I'm not doing this session because I feel uncomfortable. But when you got going, you said the session happened successfully. Is that correct? So I'm just for the listener listening in. I just want them to understand, even if you're in an uncomfortable position because you're at your comfort zone, you can still deliver a great session just by starting and doing the best of your ability. Was that the sort of mindset you had looking back with that one session?
1: Yeah, it, it was a personal pride. And I think you're right with the adaptability, it's, it's being able to adapt to the situation you're in. But again, preparing. Um, I was lucky, I, I played a decent standard. So I had that kind of inner confidence. But I think it's taking that step and being true to yourself, but having confidence in your own ability. So you can you can step forward and you are going to be anxious. You know, you get those butterflies and the adrenaline's flowing, But um, I think if you don't take the step, it's always, you know, you're always wondering what could have happened. And then you're, you're stopping yourself from, moving forward then and from from developing um so i think it is just taking that step and the other thing as well i had a great support system i was one of the youngest at the time and the lads that i was with were the similar age to the lads that were that i was coaching so they did two things one they prepared me for it and said you know i'm good enough you've got the knowledge just go out and be yourself that's another thing is don't try and do something or be something you're not um, and the other thing was which really helped was the fact that there was a communication, there was a three-way point. It was myself that was coaching, you had the the army guys, and you had my support system, the coaches. So as a three, the communication was brilliant. And it really, really helped. But, um, yeah, it's one of those things, if you don't take that first step, then there's going to be no development or progression, and that's the biggest thing.
0: And just with regards to your story of when you were job shadowing, like, literally, this is a term I wish I knew started out after my time at durham university because it's only now the power of job shadowing so i know you shared how powerful it was for you but could you just break it down from the power of just listening and watching and how that job sorry that job shadowing experience looking back supported you even more like i just want people to realize there is isn't an employment option even if it's something that's not on a job board i think that's the point i'm trying to make from a job shadowing point of view two
1: things you said there was the listening and their observation everyone learns differently but when you listen you start to understand what's actually going on when things are verbalized you know you can start even if you've got an issue you can start to work it out yourself and, and observation is one of the greatest learning tools uh, for myself anyway i you know the visual side of things uh and one of the biggest things was just sitting back and being in the background just to see the dynamics of how something would so something would occur because uh, you would never experience that. Um, and it was uh, who was in control of the conversation, who took the conversation, how they guided the conversation, but also the information I thought was going to be really kind of formal and, and, and legal, but it wasn't. It was just a, a conversation about the future of a young prospect who was really skillful at his job. And it was a conversation to make everyone comfortable so everyone could everyone could, could agree and be on the same page. Looking back, it gave me an insight into a world that, from a media perspective, especially now, um, is seen on, in a completely different light. Um, and, and another thing, moving on from just the football side of things, was when I first started in the legal world, I um, shadowed a, quite a few lawyers in court. So I sat back and, again, watched them, you know, the way they communicated to the, um, to the prosecution, to their witness, we were the defendant side, to, um, you know, to the JPs, to the magistrates. And the difference in communication, difference in tone, and again, just sitting back and, and, and taking this all in um, and listening to, to how they explain things, whether they need to go into detail. And this was from both sides. It was the football side and the courtroom side. And it was, it was the biggest probably learning experience from a young age that I ever had. doesn't matter about the books, the coaching, the lessons. This was a massive insight into what you can achieve through you know hard work good work ethics a plan preparation but also meeting and working with the the right people so those two so definitely those two experiences and that all came from my um came from my dad he was like whatever you if you ever get the chance ask the question and that, it was it was like if you and he always used to say if you know if you don't ask a question the answer is always no so i always used to say can i come with you? or is there any chance i can get in here or uh, when are you doing this and it was just the slightest little question, and that's because I built up that relationship and rapport. But yeah, I think from, you know, from anyone that's coming through either the GCSEs, A-levels, college, university, or even if in the early stages of their career, ask if you can go in and, and shadow. Um, you know, make sure you, you know the person that you're talking to so that so the, you've got that relationship, so you can build that bond. I think that's so important. Nurture that trust. Because then... And what happened to me was, you won't just start to shadow. They'll start to give you a little bit of work, like can you look through, you know, the uh, the um, the witness deposition, or can you just look through the uh, the legal forms just to make sure that everything's signed off. Or from a football point of view, it was, um, have we got all the details correct of the support network, or so have we got the mum and dad's name right? So if you get those little little um, subtle things wrong, it can break down that relationship. So you start shadowing, you start learning. You're observing so much that you could never do if you didn't ask the question and then slowly but surely you'll get opportunities to do work and then it will just gather momentum.
0: Okay, let's go back a step. This is a great case study from a listening perspective, nurturing that trust and respect. Something I totally agree with. I'm a big believer. You've got to build no like and trust before any real opportunity occurs. So something I've learned through my podcast show and even me getting opportunities as well. So regards to nurturing trust, particularly in the football industry, because it's very popular, people want to work or we'll get the opportunity to berserker in, how have you built trust looking back with particularly your time at Blackburn at such an early age of getting your foot in the door in a way? i would just love to hear your thoughts of how you've nurtured trust with people and relationships in the football industry. You
1: might find this strange, but I don't talk about, I never used to talk about football. If I ever met any, you know, highly influential coaches or the academy directors, uh, I knew a few of the pros when I first started there when we were a little bit older. I never mentioned football. I'd ask how they were. I'd ask how things are going. Um, If they were injured, you know, sometimes that's going to come into the conversation. But my whole, and I didn't realise then, but my kind of, natural ability was to have a natural conversation about how the day was and from there your incentive is not to gain a, a foot in the door your incentive is to get to know the individual and therefore that's where you build the trust um, and that's where you nurture the bond so not not back then i didn't know what i was doing now when you know you know your skill set you know what to do is that you you want to get to know the individual you know how you know I speak to you guys at, at Chelsea now. It's like, how's Christmas? How's work going? How are you in lockdown? And it's nothing to do with football specifically. Um, and that was that was it. It was I didn't talk about what we were there for. I talked about the person and got to know them. And then from there, relationship uh, flourished and, and built momentum. And then the natural conversation after that bond, after that trust is built. And the, the football side of things just naturally came into the conversation.
0: Andrew, thank you so much. I hope people are taking notes because honestly, that is it. Like from personal experience, I can relate to, and even relate to how we got connected it was through clubhouse. And then we we're on LinkedIn. No, we were on Instagram, then LinkedIn and we got it. We got on a zoom call and we just lit the zoom call on fire with regards to both our sort of curiosity and passion and education. And this is how it works. Everybody I'm, I wish there was a magic wand that tells you exactly it, but that is it. Like, so thank you so much for sharing that because I think that's sort, sort of a problem for people to, from a mindset perspective, which we'll touch on now. Like, I think it's having that confidence to start those meaningful conversations Instead of thinking, "What's in it for me?" which is the biggest mistake. So, just touching on really quickly, just from a skill set perspective, before we talk about mindset, looking back, we talk about communication a lot. You've talked about planning a lot, but what other career skill sets have supported you? Yeah,
1: no, it's a, a good question. Again, I think when you're developing your skills, uh, you don't realize you're you're doing it at the, at the time. And I, I know it's, it sounds daft to say, but I worked in hospitality when I was studying, and it was one of the best things that I, I ever did because it was the communication we talked about it with the coaching, with the communicational side of things. Um, you know, I worked in a mid-star restaurant. And I was um, the concierge, the host. So you meet so many different people on so many different levels of formalities and cultures and ages and wealth as well, and you very quickly pick up how to speak to people, where they want attention, when to ask questions. I once got told from a, twice once got told from a hospitality uh, perspective and a sports perspective is that I was annoyingly efficient, which is, you know, pretty, it's not too bad, was because I knew what the person wanted. And I was there when they asked the, when they needed something, or when they asked the question, I was there with the answer. And um, so, yeah, from, from that perspective, I was, I was very lucky. Over the time, I think, uh, curiosity um, and the need, not the need, but the willingness to, to learn and, and ask questions. And I think that came from my from my dad from a, from a young age. He was always saying, you know, ask this, ask that, do this, do that. So he kind of gave me the confidence to for it to be natural, to ask questions. You know, when you're at school, if you ever don't know what's going on and you ask a question, you're like, oh, I'm going to get, you know, everyone's going to say something. But most of the class probably didn't know what the answer to your question was anyway. So I think it's learning over the time of who your audience is um, and, and knowledge of who you're working with. I think that's so important. But again, those, those skills is... I, I did a sports science de, degree and, and kind of had the PE background. Um, and it was just, re, you know, retention, you know, memory retention of, of what you were, you were doing. But not to, like, for example, if you read a book, you remember the bits that you, you need for to put into practice. And I think that is another thing that is... Um, you know taking the information that you require and being able to utilize it instead of diluting the process. So taking little snippets and having bullet points. So I think from you know from that standpoint when you're when you're learning, take the right information uh, and then you know you can apply it to what you're what you're trying to achieve. So from a classroom put it into practice is very difficult because you have to break it right down and you'll be able to again you have to communicate it. You know one of the one of the biggest things is is being open-minded. Um, and, and turning again, it's very difficult. I've been in a situation whereby it's been very difficult to do this. But if it's a negative or an issue or a problem, it, you know, there's always a resolution, there's a, there's a challenge, and you can utilize that as a, as a positive and, and to, to build momentum and move forward. But that I think is instilled. Um, and again, is it personality, is it character, is it nature, is it, you know, is it nurture, is, is how you've been educated, how you've been supported yourself. So I think a lot of those skills are one, yeah, they are natural, you know, the sensitivity, your ability to uh, you know, communicate, but also what you've been taught and how you've been taught is, is very um, is very important.
0: Absolutely. And just to talk about open-minded, I want to talk about this week's podcast topic, like how can mindset training support young footballers? Like, literally, I know this is one of your focuses now and, and you've got a real dedication towards it. And just be clear, when, when you mean mindset, you don't mean just on the football pitch, you also mean off the football pitch as well, sports field. Could you just enlighten why mindset training is important? And you've got to use that magic phrase. You say, what well, from a habit perspective as well, and you know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to give you the mic now. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's it. It's
1: not just it's not just about the sport and being an athlete. It's about the, the individual. It's about the player. It's about the athlete. It's about the, the, whole, the whole person. And you know one of the quotes i heard years ago was if you if you develop and you you help the individual then whatever profession they're in will ultimately get better so i think the first standpoint is 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 creating uh, you know a positive environment around the individual i've said it before that the support network um is is paramount you know the environment in the atmosphere um, and how they are taught how to deal with again negative negativity because you know if you don't do well in an exam or if you make a mistake at home um, and as you grow older, you know, you don't go to work to make a mistake, but it happens. So can you learn from those mistakes and, and use them as, as challenges? Um, so, yeah, from a mindset point of view, you've got, um, you've got that. Po- I think it really is that the positivity side of things is that if things go wrong, which they will do, like in a sports perspective, you know, everyone's going to get injuries. It's how you plan and how you help yourself prepare and, and prevent those injuries. So from a mindset point of view, I think it is how you perceive things, uh, the the atmosphere and the environment that you're in, your support network. um, And, you know, always, and it's really, as I said, it's really hard and it's a skill that I think from a a young, you know, young point of view and and the foundation is instilled from their environment and their their family. And that's difficult because not everyone has, you know, not everyone has two parents. Not everyone is in a a great situation. Um, You know, some people, That I've coached over the years, you know, they they're a middle, a middle child of three, and they have to you know look after the the older one, the older kid, as well as the younger, and they've got all that to do before their own schoolwork. So knowledge of someone's environment is so so important. So you can again, you know, provide the right information. Going back to that communication side of things, it's it's the right, it's the timing, it's the tonality, it's it's being there. And listening, as you said before, and listening and observation um, and being able to take all this on yourself and being able to apply the right pressure and the right communication and the right, the right ideas and, and options, because that's what it is. You provide ideas and options and guidance. But can you do that in a, such a positive way and, such a, a, um, and canvas the right areas that they need to work on that they can then make the right decision or an educated decision? You know, they might make the wrong decision, but in the grand scale of things, it's perhaps not a wrong decision. Perhaps it's not the right decision in the right time. So if that situation ever comes up again, they'll know how to make
0: the right decision, hopefully learning from you know, previous experience. Sorry, just touch on one point then. How can a footballer look at mindset training as a habit?
1: We've got those habits that we have every day. We mentioned it. You've got to have those habits whereby you don't even think about it. Like brushing your teeth, you know, with the conversation we had last time. You don't even think about it. You get up, you shower, you brush your teeth, you get yourself ready, you go out. And the habits that you want to create for a positive environment in that mindset is exactly that. Uh, it's it's having, um, having things that are natural. And you have to be disciplined. So, And being disciplined is doing the things that you don't want to do, but you get there and you do them well. And that's how you create those habits. And you don't think about it. It's a natural process. And again, that takes time. It's what habits do you need as a young as a young a- athlete? You've got to look at not only your mindset, but you know how does that affect nutrition? Nutrition affects your focus, which then affects your performance, which then affects your mindset. So, and, and nutrition from a training prep perspective is the diet is the biggest and the most important thing. So it's yeah, it's creating those positive habits. Um, but again, from experience, but how do you know what habits you need? If we didn't know, you know, if our parents didn't educate us on what we needed to do, you know, to get up in the morning and shower and look after ourselves. And again, you know, that habit of brushing your teeth. So it's every single day, twice a day, then you uh, you wouldn't know to do it. So, again, it's it's the right person educating the right individual to help them create uh, an, an environment where they can thrive. And that's it. You, you evolve, you learn, you set it, adapt and you thrive. And, and it's um. It's it's a it's an amazing experience to go through, but you need, again,
0: you need the right communication, the right people to work with and the, that positive environment. Would you mind sharing a case study like the young goalkeeper? I won't mention the club. I'll leave that down to you because I'm always cautious with client, you know, confidentiality. Yeah, course, but I'd love you to talk about this goalkeeper and the Rubik's Cube. So, if that was possible, if you could share that because it, it it really relates to today's podcast topic from a practical standpoint. How well I'll give you the mic, Andrew. But it was a, a great example of the power of mental training with young footballers at that sort of age group. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean, still
1: coaching the lad today. We um, we started coaching last summer, and he was he'd never really played before. He knew he was a, he's a goalkeeper, he never um, had had any formal training. So we started started coaching, and he picked up the skills. He listened, he concentrated, and he applied what you you know, what you what communicated, the information, really quickly. So you pick that up pretty much straight away. And then as you develop that relationship, as, as we said before, build that rapport, and we started chatting, and we were, we were having a good chat before. When we were having breaks in between, we were talking off-topic, so we were talking about everything going, which is another great way um, just to go off-topic slightly is like changing disciplines and mindset. So the virtues of of changing disciplines, it's a way to kind of train yourself to quickly shift mindset from a rapid action to a calm kind of deliberate control. So when you're training, you're training for, for 10 minutes or so. You're doing a particular skill. And then from there, when you're having a break, you talk about something completely different. And it's a way to enable to focus your mindset from something that's so active to being so calm. And then you're in control of your own emotions. Then, which that psychological side of the mindset is really important. You've got the emotional, the behavioural, the cognitive, and the memory. All those things come into the, the mindset side of things. And from that perspective, I could see that with the young lad straight away. So we be coaching, and then obviously lockdown happened, and we were still doing zooms on online. And when we came back, even though we were we were talking about all all things not football as well, he came back and he, he was like, oh, so I was like, oh, you know, how long how's, uh, lockdown been? And he, taught, he said that within, I think it was the first six weeks of lockdown, he taught himself how to, um, how to do a Rubik's Cube all the way through. So he taught himself, gone online. And then from there, he was like, oh, okay, I want my classmates to be able to do it. So he designed a PowerPoint presentation and presented it to his, to his class about how you could do a Rubik's Cube. And at the time, he was nine. Um, and then when he was telling me this at the side of a, of a session just before we were starting, he bre- brought the Rubik's Cube and he was going away. He then gave me instruction. So I went away and bought one. And then in between, as I said, changing your mindset, changing shifts in the, in the coaching. So we'd go from coaching um, from the goalkeeping standpoint, and then we'd have a break. And he literally within a minute and a half, he'd teach me how to do a little bit on the Rubik's Cube. And then we'd go back to coaching. So he was teaching me. And I was, t- so I was, I was teaching goalkeeping. He was teaching me the rules Cube. Now a massive shift of empowerment from his point of view, whereby he was teaching me as I'm teaching him, but it gave me, and again, it's that human behavior and being aware of, of your surroundings and who you're working with that you've got, for example, you've got A, B, and C. See, they're, they're your coaching points, your A, B, and C. But in between A and B, there's so many different levels, the same with B and C and all the way through but these were infinite. You could tell that he was on a completely different level. His focus, his concentration, his um, learning ability, his ability to um, process information quickly. And then from there, it became a completely different coaching experience. It wasn't just about the football. It was about how can we help develop his, his mindset? And it was building awareness. Now, you can't Do too much, otherwise, you know, it's over informative and it's going to be, it's going to have the worst kind of impact. But you would be able to bring in like the awareness of his own skill set and his own abilities. So, for example, um, he's he's got a good work rate all the time, it's usually seven and eight, sometimes nine. He's got this tremendous focus, but sometimes it'd slack off every now and again. And I would ask him, you know, honest questions say, You're doing well, but what do you reckon your work rate? And he'd be like, Six seven and I'd be like no no it's six it's definitely not seven and then straight away within the next session he'd be up to ten you know, nine, 10, 11. because you'd questioned his ability you'd questioned his focus so you're asking those questions that at such a young age he has already has the the mental capacity to challenge himself and to be able to take the information that is a negative because it's his focus and his work um, his work ethic and then come over and within split seconds, 10 seconds, get himself realigned and refocused. He was then able to like, kick it up a gear and, and work extremely hard. Um, and that from a, such a young age, you know, is, is extreme. It's, um, it's off the charts. Is, is that good? But it was working on building little goals and objectives. I go in and, and um, so I've got I always have I always write stuff down. So I've got a number of moleskins. And I gave him a little little booklet and just said, you know, look at your goals, look at your objectives. What do you want to achieve? Not only a training now, he's at a a club now that's in the championship. And he writes down um, what he wants to achieve week on week. He asks for feedback and he gets constructive feedback back. So we're instilling those characteristics about how he can learn and how he can prepare and focus and analyse his own own, uh, performance. And that's one of the big things is, is the debrief, you know, going back over your own performance and, you know, to break it down what went really well, what didn't go to plan, and how we can get better and just keep moving forward and, and higher, you know, raise the standards. And those little bits are what are going to make him completely different than, than everyone else. He is self aware. He's very honest. He's confident to a point where he's modest. Um, and he's like, yeah, pull, pulled off a good save. When it's not, it's a fabulous save. Because of his positioning, because he's been able to process the information in front of him. So he's not only just processed the, the individual with the ball, he's processed the positional play of his defenders, the positional play of the, the opponent's teams. So he's he, the, the idea that he can process all this information, deal with it, and then make a decision, which is nine times out of ten, the right decision is, you know, is um, is. From my point of view, over the years, has been one of the, he's probably one of the best, um, best players that I've ever coached. From just from that mindset and mental capacity, and it's great to see. You know, he's always got a smile on his face. He's always positive. He's always asking questions. But I think these little traits, as we said, those habits of asking for feedback, um, you know, debriefing and analyzing his previous performance, setting little goals. I mean, he's not setting the world on fire with regards to he wants to you know, be a pro keeper by the time he's 16, 17, because that's too far away. If you set those two bigger goals, you get lost in what you're trying to achieve. So we're setting little weekly, monthly, seasonal goals. And yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible to see. But yeah, the, the, the mindset side of things is, is individual. Sometimes it's very difficult to get across what you want and how you can change your mindset and how you can be positive. But from yeah, from the this young lad's perspective, he's um, he just picks things up, and he's, he's honestly is he's phenomenal.
0: I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice, and thank you so much for sharing that. I learned so much what you're saying, and can I just say that mindset, goals, you know, exercise you mentioned there is so applicable, which the listener you can apply to your sports career. Just having where you want to work in, and then have those little milestones in between. It's so applicable. And look, could you just share to listeners, Andrew, sort of your company and like what services you do if people just want more information because I think it's so important but also fascinating as well
1: yeah and that's you know that's the that's the best thing to describe it is that it, I started off as a football coach uh, and loved it because I loved football and I, you know I love sport I had the natural enthusiasm but it's built momentum and it's evolved and now it's, it's just about making the, as I said before, when you have a conversation, how do you build that rapport? It's not it's about the individual. And again, it's about, it's about helping the individual learn as much as possible. It's not about me. It's like I always say to the players that I'm working with, it's like, what do you want to know? You know? I ask them, what do you want me to do? Because if I prepare the plan and they've got no detail or put anything into it, then it's not going to work. You know, that trust isn't going to be there. They're not going to take on the information and utilize it properly. So, again, it's, that's why it's so important to, to have that clear communication from the beginning that I'm here for you. We're going to build this plan and prepare together, and we're going to, we're going to make you, we're going to create more threats. And that's the biggest thing. That's why uh, I started AG Sports, which I started in December officially. But it kind of started um, way back in 1996, all those years ago. Um, but the, the reason I brought it together was because, as I said before, I'd seen on so many different levels, not only, in, as I said, football, sports, business, legal, was that the mindset was the biggest asset that we, that we all have. You and I, you know, we want to achieve things. We're passionate about what we want to do. And that's why we're here today. And, and that was one of the things was it was it's it's a generalization with regards to what you want to achieve. Everyone wants to achieve um, success or happiness, but it's how you go about it. Also the little bits in between to build and put everything together. So it was initially, it was going to be like a full service consultancy. So we're looking at your performance, your mindset, emerging talents. um, Because again, going back, it's when you come to us, you can already play football. You can already play the sport. So we're not teaching you how to, to play football. We're, we're helping you in the training and we're educating you how you can raise your level, how you can create more threats in your game and, and how you can raise the standards. And that is just by, uh, as I said, just making different different uh, changes, as I said, setting goals, perceiving the information differently. And that has started off with the performance strategy. You know, do you wake up every day and just go training and then we're going to play on a Saturday or a Sunday? You should have... And start to have a strategy of how you're going to perform and who you're playing up against on, you know, on match day. So it's taking away and analyzing the players that you're going to play against. You know, take it on from what the, the, uh, the manager and their analysis and the analysis team have, but then go and speak to them and say, right, okay, we know pretty much how they play, what their formation is, who I'm going to be playing against, but can you go off and analyze the individuals, how they play, how they receive the ball, what position they're in, and how you can counter that? So, you know, performance is not just about how you train and how you're going to play, but can you get one up and know who you're going to be playing against and how they're going to play. Um, the mindset growth is what we talked about, you know, looking at, it's there's always there's always uh, a different option. There's always a, an idea. There's always, a, you know, building momentum and and having uh, been able to, you know, process information and make those decisions. So that's that growth, always moving forward. Um as I said about emerging talents, can we, you know, can we build on what you're good at? What other areas can we work at? Is it your communication? Is it your leadership skills? Is it your your positioning? What is your position in the team and in the squad at the club? Are you just a number nine who comes and plays? Or can we build on those communicative skills? And can we really get you in a vocal point? You don't have to be captain to be vocal and to be positive, you know, looking at the team and their stature. Um, and a massive one as well. It's your career landscape. You know, however old we we are when we start working with you. You know, where are you going to be if you're 16? You've got your two years of scholar. If you're at a you know professional football club, or you might have two years in a one-year professional contract. What happens when you're 19? What's going to happen then? So you need to think about these things and have the right support network around you. You know, and as I said before, everything affects your mindset, your performance, your focus. Your game plan you know not only training but at saturdays or sundays when you're playing so you need to look at your career landscape because you start at 16 and the next thing you know you're 30 and you're looking at your perhaps last contract what level you're at have you managed to sustain the elite standard by if you started in the premier league have you looked after your body you know and that goes on to the health and well-being side of things it's not just the um, physical it's the mental but it's, it's combined, you know, looking at your, your nutrition um, and looking at what proteins are you having. You know, it's fish. For me, um, as I say, you've got some stuff here. It's all about, you've got some fish recipes here because fish is a better protein, It's better for you. You've got your omega uh, 13 in there, which the body doesn't produce. And then you've got your proteins, your carbohydrates, all these things come into your well-being, So it can help you perform at a, at a higher level and it helps the preventative side For your injuries, as we mentioned before, injuries are going to come and go. But if you look after your body um, and you know your body uh, and you know how what it needs nutritionally, then, you know, it's going to help you return from injury a lot stronger. And it's going to, you know, it's going to um, extend and prolong your career. Just look at Ronaldo. You know, he's got all of the experts around him, but nutritionally, he's always gone on about it and it extends your career. It gives you more energy, more power, which provides more positivity, which increases your performance which is increases your, your focus which in turn affects your mindset which then affects everything else so that health and well-being side is, is so important and i think it's it's thinking in think it's all about thinking differently it's, you know if you're doing any extra cardiovascular work look at not just pounding the streets because your joints are going to have that for 20 years if you're going to be going into your late uh, late 30s so look at non weight bearing exercises can you can you go rowing can you cycle swimming So I think it's just thinking of different ways of exceeding and pushing the boundaries and not being happy with playing well on a Saturday and training well Monday to Friday, but looking slowly, but surely, like we said before, not setting the goals too far in advance, but how we can push the boundaries and set goals. So you are always thriving, always learning, always helping yourself, but helping the team and helping the club move forward. And um, I think if you, those are the main elements, those kind of four or five areas. And I think it's, and they all encompass everyone. Everything is connected. And I think it's bit by bit having the right support network around you. But what we want to do is, is be there for everyone to help them train, learn, and educate them so they can just flourish, be successful, and, and have fun. And that's on different levels. I think, you know, I am I love what I do. You, you love what you do. You can tell from your passion that you you love and you thrive from doing this. And I think the fun element has to be in there. I think Corby Bryant said it, that you have to, you still have to be a kid and it's, it's that enthusiasm. It's asking those questions, it's thriving. It's getting up after you've fallen down, however many times and moving forward, but you've still got to have that element of energy and enthusiasm and positivity that you, that we help create at, at whatever age, obviously probably the main age, you know, is 15, 16 to 20, 21 at all ages, you know, you can be in your twenties and thirties and still be able to change and adapt your mindset so you can flourish for however long. Um, so yeah, those are the the main elements, but it is, it's, it's energy, it's enthusiasm, it's positivity, and it's, it's helping, it's helping every individual uh, achieve their ambitions, but pushing them even further so they can so they can get to uh, to where they want to be.
0: I think you highlighted it throughout this whole um, podcast conversation. It's about developing that growth mindset. And you triggered another quote with regards to the fun element of like a child's fun element. Uh, Dr. Dave Aldridge on my podcast show that as adults, or as we get older, we don't have that enthusiasm as a child, but we end up being childish. And he was trying to compare like being enthusiastic as a child to being childish. And sometimes when we get older, we, forget about the fun element and we take things seriously too much. So love the work you're doing and and particularly that case study. But look, Andrew, out of interest, what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career journey looking back right now?
1: Oh, wow. What have I enjoyed the most? That's a brilliant question. Um, Oh, good. I think it's just, to be honest, I mean, I love meeting people and, and getting to know people. So I think, from every kind of area that I've ever worked in, sports, hospitality, the legal side of things, football, has have always been, always been in, in, in a position and, and having that opportunity to, to meet so many different people of ages, cultures, um, and, and just learning from other people, I think. Because, you, you know, I, my mum and dad have been a massive support system. I've got a younger sister. I mean, I learn from her all the time. Um, and I think it's just being open-minded and meeting so many people on, on so many different levels, um, but taking into consideration other people's perspectives, which I think is, is quite, quite difficult uh, because, you know, as I said before, you and I witness the same circumstance and we perceive it completely differently. And I think having that open mind allows you to see things from other people's perspectives, which then enables you to see things in so many different ways. And then you can make a, a decision based on the facts that you that you have and the information you have. Um, but yeah, I think the the travel, the the meeting different people, and um, so learning so many different different skills. Um, you know, being able to and, and being able to learn different skills, but also learning about yourself uh, and understanding and being self aware and, and what your skill set is. Because um, now I think in the past I don't know about you, but I've. I tried to do too many things and perhaps not been good at other things that I was trying to achieve um, and kept learning and kept pursuing it. But then I, you know, taking a step back and going, actually, what am I good at? What can I make? What value do I bring? What impact can, you know, positive impact can I have? And then the other things that need to be done, that's when you collaborate with the relationships that you've, you've built and the bonds that you've got, and then you come together with other people and you you then have a, a better, not package, but you have a, a better way of, of helping
0: people. Well, I can definitely hear enthusiasm and just answer your question. You're absolutely spot on. Same thing. I have to try everything. Let's keep things simple. Let's say with this podcast show, I had to try the right method, the right music, the right format, and then give it a go and then take a step back and see what worked and didn't work. And that's how I... Even with projects, I think as humans, we always want to over deliver, which is a good trait, but you want to over deliver what you're good at, then over delivering on a skill you're not as good at, where there could be somebody else who is. Whereas, as you say, bring that collaboration in. I think it's so important. I I think moving forward, I don't want to go into this rabbit hole of conversation because it's again, it's interpretation. But I think from a sport industry point of view, due to the likes of the pandemic, I think things will be a lot more collaborative because you can reach and have a better impact. Particularly um, in the football industry, I think it's, I'm learning already that collaborations is becoming a new norm, then we can do it all on our own mentality. I don't know your thoughts on that, but I think from my experience, I'm seeing that a bit more, so.
1: Yeah, I, yeah no, no, I completely agree. I, I don't perceive anyone as a, as a, as a threat or um, we're against them or they're, they're going to come away and, and take away the individual, the work or whatever it is. Because, you know, whoever you're working with, it doesn't matter if it's a direct individual or team or agency or competition, but if you can work collaboratively, because the, ultimately you're trying to help that individual. Yes. You know, you want to work with them and work with them in a certain way, but if you're not, if, if I'm not, and you're not the right person to work with, but we continue and we pursue that line of, of communication none of us are going to have that benefit and that's what i think is has been such a strong point from my point of view is, is understanding the needs of the individual And if i can't help or i'm not the right person uh, or sometimes it's the other you know it can help that we're both not right for each other then it's it's you're still being there as a supportive individual and, and, and team but you help them by bringing in and collaborating with someone else so they impact and bring value and the individual doesn't lose out so I, I, yeah i always I always believe in that I think you can we can help each other we can help the individual and as i said before i'm I'm here to to help others so if I'm not the right person, there will be someone else that's better suited and if that's all, so, then that's the best thing for the individual and that's the right thing
0: This is what the sports industry is about, and why I did this podcast six years ago like that knowledge there is I wish I had when I just graduated, because it gives you hope for the listeners when you're listening in, gives you an understanding how this industry works. And most importantly, building those relationships with people. It's a people industry, which you've mentioned throughout the show, Andrew. But look, I feel like we're at a great stage of the podcast. We've talked about confidence. We talked about challenges instead of looking at its adversity. We looked at look at communication, coaching. The list goes on. But I want to use this inspirational question of what three tips we'd give to the listener with regards to literally starting today in the football industry? What would they be?
1: This is a great question because I got asked this question by a young lad in, uh, in the summer. I was doing some voluntary work at a, a local school um, near where my girlfriend lives, up in Shropshire. And um, he was coaching. He'd been asked to coach. He was only 14, 15 And he said, what do I do? I was taking a session and uh, he said, can I just have a quick word? What, you know, what shall I do? I've been asked to do this and he could play football. I remember being that age and when I started and it was the energy and enthusiasm that got me through not only my energy, but utilizing the kid's energy. You know, they're there to, as you said, to to have fun, to learn um, and and do anything to to ping a ball about and, and, you know, score goals and work as a, as a team and, and just have so much fun with these, these friends that they're going to make over the course of the week or the, or the summer. So, um, But the, the, the advice I gave him was actually four things, was um, even if your knowledge of what you're trying to achieve, so if you're young and you're starting in whatever sports industry it is, whichever discipline it is, is, you're going to have a little bit of knowledge about it because that's why you're going into it. So you've done a little bit of homework and a little bit of research So you would have a a brief, if only a small foundation, that's fine. But having knowledge of what you're trying to pursue and the industry you're going into, but also the knowledge, again, going back to the person is the knowledge of the the individual. You know, prior to our our, um, little Zoom starting at four o'clock, I knew you'd had two um, Zooms before, but I don't know what happened when you got up if you enjoyed your tea or coffee or what you've done during the day or what's happened in between the podcasts, in between the zooms. So what you have to do again is being open-minded to what that individual has had and has happened to him or her, sorry, prior to you coaching them. So if they're off, if they're moody or if they're hyper, if they're being crazy because they're so excited, you have to take that into consideration. So knowledge of what you're doing, you'll have a little bit of foundation, but also knowledge of your audience. As I mentioned before, that energy and enthusiasm, and you can use that both ways. Your own energy to get across a point, so that the um, the kids and the people that you're working with understand what you're trying to, uh, what your objectives are. That clarity, and your enthusiasm. If I tell you to, uh, can you do me a favour? Can you um, pass to pass to her, then pass to him, and then have a go? All right. If I said that to you. be like, what What am I trying to do? But we say, do us a favor. Ping it in, nice little touch, play it off, make sure you have a little chat and then have a touch and then second touch, have a strike, see if you can put it in the bottom corner. That's exactly the same thing, but with that enthusiasm and tonality. And then the last thing is just that positivity. As we said before, it's, you know, if something happens, it doesn't matter, move on. You can't control it, it's happened, but can we learn, can we learn from it? It's not an issue, it's not a problem, it's a challenge and... Guess what? If you, and this is one of my favorite things when I was coaching was you, you made a pass and that pass was intercepted. It doesn't matter. It was a wrong pass at this particular time. But in the future, in a different position, that pass will be on. So it's the right pass. So don't think, because if you say no, all of a sudden you go, oh, it's the wrong thing. And there's a negative trait. It's like, no, no, that's a bad pass. It's like, oh, great idea. But instead of doing it in this situation, can you look to do this? But if this situation arises again, when it's a slightly different perspective, you can play that ball through. But if you say no every time he's in that position, subconsciously they'll go, ah, the coach said no. They'll make, and then instead of making an instant decision and processing that information, they'll be thinking four or five different things. You lose possession. You're out of position, and you know you, you you've had a negative impact on such a, an important part of a youngster's. Um, education by saying no so yeah knowledge energy enthusiasm and always being positive even if it's a bad thing always be positive. positive
0: three really brilliant tips and it goes back to your point of perspective in all of them and i i do agree if you're high in energy knowing your knowledge showing that confidence is gonna help you right from the get-go so i hope the listeners enjoyed those tips look andrew how can people interact with you online
1: yeah, so I'm, I'm all over uh, social media. So we've got Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, where you and I met. Um, and Clubhouse is brilliant for networking and building those relationships and, and, and networking across the globe, not just in the UK, but across the globe. Uh, and LinkedIn is is, is probably the, the best place to get me. Uh, it's just uh, you can either get it at AG Sports or uh, just at um, for me, uh, Andrew Greenwood. But yeah, everything's on there. Any questions, any networking, any ideas, options? Uh, are always there. I'm always open-minded to uh, to meeting as many people as possible and and, and uh, yeah, helping where I can.
0: That is great to all the listeners listening in. All those links will be on my blog post relating to this podcast episode. Andrew, it's been a joy chatting with you today. Thank you very much.
1: Quite a massive thank you. Our first call was incredible and this is this has been uh, absolutely amazing. So thank you so much. For your-
0: Fantastic conversation with Andrew and I have to admit every time I get on a call with Andrew there are always positive, upbeat conversations and Relating to today's podcast topic, without a doubt, our mindset's so important. It's one of our most important assets, plus time. And how we use our mind with time, that's where real magic happens In how we put ourselves out there with the focus we deliver in what we do. But for me, the biggest takeaway I've taken from this conversation is the case study that Andrew shared with the goalkeeper he's working with. He's only nine years old, and it's amazing how we can learn from a child's mindset of optimism and the ability to keep learning and keep failing. It's amazing how at times I call myself an adult now that we are so stubborn as who we are. We're not willing to just adapt and accept mistakes and move forward from them. So when you go, you know, sometimes look at a viewpoint from a child's mindset of being optimistic or if they make a mistake, they try again. It's amazing that we can learn from different generations Different ages and still develop ourselves. That, to me, honestly, is my biggest takeaway, and it all comes back down to the mindset of just being optimistic. Andrew said this phrase a lot: looking at a um, obstacle as a challenge and overcoming it. Really, that's the mindset I believe where I agree with Andrew. We should have when trying to develop or trying to achieve something. We want to happen for ourselves. So look, I really do hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. We'd love to hear your biggest takeaway from this conversation. Let me know on Twitter at Ed Bowers 101, your biggest learning lesson. And put that learning lesson relating to your sports career development into practice now and make it happen. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Andrew said... Always develop your knowledge, show energy, enthusiasm, and most importantly, be positive in what you do.